Well, it's noon here in Ventnor, New Jersey, and apparently, I don't know, Zach is AWOL, or, oh, wait, I think I might see him. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge with your hosts, Ray and Zach. Um, what, what's going on there, buddy? No, no, no. We're getting right into it, Dad. Truly, I think I think we are about to cover one of the most... This will go down, I think, in automotive history as one of the moments of an automaker being so out of touch with their customer. And I think the the story that we're about to share here is just truly, yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know if this will be written about at Harvard Business School, might be a little bit too lowbrow for them, but dad, this is something that absolutely needs our coverage. GM to idle truck plant for two weeks to manage inventory, the key piece of this article dad right here okay the plant downtime is quote an effort to maintain optimal inventory levels with our dealerships now what is the issue with that sentence dad what is the issue with that sentence well you know i i I don't know if i have an issue with it as much as you do but the issue i believe for you and for and for the consumers is that General Motors is figuring out ways to better control their inventory levels at dealerships by um, uh, mitigating production so that dealers can continue to ask for inflated market adjustments and continue to be more profitable than they've ever been, which means ultimately that when General Motors does this, you as a consumer get screwed because you're going to have to pay more for whatever it is that you might want to buy from them because they're going to keep supply tight while demand might be high. All right, no offense, but we are going to we are going to ring the consumer alarm. I think Pops has the wrong read on this one. We need to be outraged because what GM is doing is they're perpetuating this BS. We covered this just the other day, everyone. What does that date say up there? 220. This is just the other day. What car is being sold? A 2023 Chevrolet Silverado. What vehicles is GM intentionally reducing the production of? Chevrolet Silverados. What is it allowing dealers to do to unsuspecting customers? Charge a trop, prop, top, whatever the hell package for $1,600 and a $5,000 market adjustment. Folks, most people, let's just let's just be very real. Most people have no freaking clue who Ray Shevska is or who Zach Shevska is or what Car Edge is. Most people have no clue who we are. They're going to walk in to Trop Prop whatever the hell dealership and they're going to sign they're going to sign for that. They're going to buy that crap. And they're going to buy that crap because the dealership got away with it and because the OEM is also complicit to this. They are intentionally coming out and explicitly taking actions to restrict inventory. When you want, you want more, Dad? You want more? Yeah, you want more. I, I, Man, I, I want more. Give me more. When yeah. GM has simply realized that they can incentivize less incentives yes. for a, a Chevrolet product are down 16% year over year, 1300 bucks as compared to 4000 to 4800 At the same time, GM has for Chevrolet Chevrolet brand, excuse me, the Silverado has had one of the highest average transaction price increases to $59,187 up 9%. This is the biggest FU to consumers 
in a long time, Dad. It was a lot of talk leading into this that they, you know, we're going to try and keep inventory lighter. Now intentional actions, intentionally restricting this at a time where most people can't even afford to buy a car. I mean, I'm, I'm consumer alarm, man. I'm this, this is really getting me fired up. Did, did I have a question? Did you yeah. take my rant? Pill I had today? oatmeal. No, I had oatmeal. I had oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> I had oatmeal. Well, what did you put in your oatmeal? I mean, if you are a shareholder of general motors, um, I believe you would be okay with this because this will help maximize profits and should help maximize the return on your investment as a shareholder. Now, as a consumer, I completely agree with you. Um, but, you know, let's face it, manufacturers have the right to only produce what's needed as opposed to um, what we might like to see them produce. You know, the fact that we would like them to get back to pre-pandemic inventory levels so that pricing can be more competitive so consumers could end up paying less. Yeah, we would like for that to happen. But as a giant corporation, they don't have to do that. Now, do I think it would be in their best interest to do that? Could they gain even more market share if they were to return? to the halcyon days of 2019 before uh, the pandemic? Perhaps. But my guess is that the bean counters have looked at this. The accountants have looked at this and said, time out, boys and girls. You can make more money by constraining production than you can by just producing to the max. And so once again the bean counters have won, okay? And it's the hell with the buying public. It's it. So I get your outrage. I really do. But I also understand from a corporate perspective why they're doing what it is that they're doing. But it's the short game and the long game. I think Kenneth's got it spot on. If news of this price-fixing scheme becomes widely known, the reaction of the buying public may result in fewer sales, which defeats the entire purpose of this price-fixing scheme. And, and, and honestly, Dad, you're playing yes. the short game. Yes, every automaker has found a way to over-earn over the past, we'll call it 18 months. Every dealership yes. has found ways to over-earn over the past 18 months. Consumers don't have... Um, uh, uh, Consumers do have a short-term memory. However, yeah. I think when they realize how hoats they got, how underwater they are, the moment someone comes around that and they provide, and I'm thinking of like an OEM like Mazda, an affordable vehicle that's reliable at a price point mm -hmm. people like. The dealers, the Mazda dealers aren't as bad as the Kia and the Hyundai deal. Like there is a long game opportunity here to really become a brand that people love. Dude. Let's be very real. The reason Car Edge has a great chance of, of growing into a huge, massively successful business, Dad, is in part because of these decisions from Chevy and their dealers that are just screwing customers left and right. It just makes the value of what we do even more important, even more valuable. So I think that there is an automaker out there. I know that there are dealers out there. I'm thinking of Earl Stewart that are playing the long game, that want mm -hmm. customers for life. GM yes. is coming out and explicitly saying, you know what? 
we are going to take short-term profits over long-term value in a relationship with 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 consumers and i got to be real it's not just them dad look at this data from cox automotive this is a chart that is showing you blue line the number of new vehicles for sale that are under $25,000 okay wow green line okay. that's the number of vehicles for sale over $60,000 msrp this is from 2017 to 2022 december we have seen a 78% decline in under $25,000 MSRP new cars and a 163% increase in vehicles, new vehicles with over a $60,000 MSRP. It is not just GM. They're just the first one that we can take to the, to the punching bag and really call out here because their executives are coming out and saying, well, let's turn off a plant for, for two weeks so we can fix, fix prices. BS, man. Total BS. I feel like I'm your son on a day like today. Now I know. Now I know where I got it from. <laughs> well, the scary part is, is when you show that chart, it's they have they have made perfectly clear that they are no longer interested in selling vehicles to the middle class. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, so the middle class, as we know them, as we are part of, or at least I'd like to believe we are part of the middle class, um, moving forward, we will, we will no longer be able to, to buy uh, automobiles or trucks because they won't be priced for us. Vehicles are being priced for the well-heeled, the higher earners, and and these manufacturers have decided that the middle class is unimportant to them. The middle class can buy them as overpriced pre-owned vehicles as opposed to being able to buy them as reasonably priced new vehicles. Um, yeah, it's a business decision that, that all these manufacturers have made. Now, we've been saying for the longest time that perhaps there'd be a manufacturer out there that says, and, and, you know, the one I think of all the time is, is Tata from India, you know, cause they, at one point they, they, they were making a car that was like 10 grand. Okay. And it was as base an automobile as you could get, but it was basic transportation so that the masses could afford to avail themselves of some form of, of, um, mass transit as opposed to uh, trains planes and other things um but it, it seems as if other than tata nobody's interested in doing that and tata has not brought their vehicles to the united states you know other than the fact that they had been involved with some of the major players for a time so i i, I don't you know it's i think it's I think it's a boneheaded decision to to say we're only going to be we're only going to sell new vehicles to the wealthy. I think there's a much larger market if you say we're going to sell new vehicles to everyone as opposed to just the wealthy or the well-heeled. We're going to do an early segment real quick. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding. kidding me. All right, I want guesses in the chat, pretty please. 
2023 Chicago Auto Show. All the OEMs are there showing off their latest and greatest. We're talking about expensive starting MSRPs. Well, over at the Jeep stand would be the Grand Wagoneer L. Guesses in the chat for what the starting MSRP is on the Jeep Grand Wagoneer L, 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer L. Pops, obviously, I want to hear from you. Let's get a couple guesses in the chat, and then I think you will realize why this is today's really, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, but do you want me to guess now, or do you want me to wait? No, please guess, please guess. Um, I'm guessing if you're talking about the Grand Wagoneer L, uh, which is their big-ass Wagoneer, um, that's what the know, L should, stands for in Wagoneer. Well, L. what they yeah. should do is they should make it the Grand Wagoneer BA <laughs> for big ass <laughs> as opposed to L. But I'm going to guess that it's probably around $112,500. All right, folks, let's get a quick drum roll going here. Bear with me for one moment. It's hard to do all aspects of this job. $110,995. Unfortunately, on the prices, right, you need to not go over. So even <laughs> yeah. though you were only $1,000 off, even though you were within 1% of the price tag, you went over. The starting MSRP on a Jeep product in 2023, folks, is $111,000. grand. you are out the door now, price now, on that in most now, states is going to be like one twenty-five. Let me ask you one question, though. Is that before huh. freight? Let's pull it back up. Let me zoom in here. Yeah, that must be before freight. Okay, cool. So once you add their freight, and I believe the freight on a Grand Wagoneer is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of sixteen or eighteen hundred dollars. I was off by fifteen. I was off by fifteen hundred dollars. So with freight, it's probably going to be closer to thirteen thousand dollars if it. If and I believe the freight on the Grand Wagoneer might be too grand, um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm 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 buying. I'm not even. I can't even afford to buy half of that. You know, whether it be dude, whether I, it be the yeah. front half, the back half, the left half, the right half. I I I couldn't I couldn't buy a half. No, like, and we don't talk about our personal, personal finances on this show, but I will, like, rest assured, neither my dad or I are wealthy, like, very much not, okay? I can't even fathom buying a $60,000 car. Like, I literally can't even fathom it, Dad. Like, I just couldn't imagine that much money coming out of my paycheck every, plus rent and everything. And then you look at people who, this is Jeep, folks. What are you cross-shopping that with? BMW Um. X7, the Audi you said i don't even know man i don't even know i mean it's just mind-boggling to me and maybe i'll reach a point in my life dad where i can look at one hundred and twelve thousand dollars and say yeah you know what that seems reasonable that's the kid kid getter in the grocery what the hell man what the hell uh, no that, that that that's a bit crazy um but the good news is you know stellantis has designed that so that when it's four or five years old and it's only about thirty-five or forty thousand dollars, you, Zach, will be able to afford it along with the rest of us. Of course, it'll have like eighty or ninety thousand miles on it, but <sighs> you're getting a hundred and twenty thousand dollar vehicle for like thirty-five grand. Who wouldn't want that deal? 
Um, I'm not yeah, buying a Stellantis thing. product out of warranty, man. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Well, and, you're, and you're not buying that BMW product out of out of warranty. <laughs> but but you know the 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 point is, and and your outrage, um, is is the simple fact that they're pricing regular people out of the new car market, and that chart you showed. Um, just there, you know, the manufacturers just are not interested in producing or um, advertising, creating a market for twenty-five thousand dollar vehicles. Because if if hmm. they created the market for it, if they advertised, they could create the market for it. If they if they made the advertising compelling enough, people would want to go out and buy them. But they've decided they're not interested in building those, nor in creating that market. Um, and you know, obviously, there's big money in just catering to wealthy people. Oh, undoubtedly there is. Absolutely, yes. undoubtedly there is. Yes. All right, Pops, want to give Igor a quick shout out. I'll see you guys. I got to go to my lane to bid on my last Tesla that I'm getting. I got four already. 2020 Model 3 is a 2021 Model 3, all for under 28K maximum price. Dealers are dumping Teslas. Yeah, we saw when we were looking at the depreciation data, the strength of, of wholesale numbers, Tesla prices are dropping rapidly. Yes. And there's an interesting angle to all of this, Dad. I'm going to try and see if I can find it on the fly here. There was a chart that I saw, and if you can bear with me for a moment, there's a chart that I saw, and it was showing the um, profit per vehicle sold. And Tesla's yes. profit per vehicle sold has started to increase significantly. While their prices, they brought prices down, they have margin to work with. And, and here, I, I've got it up on the screen. Let me let me share this with well, you. This comes by working, way. They're, they're working with a 26% profit margin on their vehicles, Look at this, which Dad. is astronomical. This comes by way of Bloomberg from worst okay. to first. Tesla's profit margin far exceeds any of its competitors. Tesla is the blue line there. They've got okay. the most significant profit margin. No one else is even close. Toyota is in second place. You've got BYD and then you have Volkswagen. And the reason I partly bring this up, Dad, is, okay, we're talking about a company coming in with a cheaper vehicle. We still don't have a cheaper ICE vehicle, but maybe Tesla is the solution here. As others go high, Tesla goes low, car for the masses. They have the margin to work with to make it happen. Uh, they have the charging network. I mean, I know this is not Car Edge Electric for you and Justice, but it's, it's a dynamic here, Dad. Listen, every time they, hmm. they, they say they're coming out with something, they say they're coming out with it and the base price is cheap. Okay, the base price is going to be cheap. The Cybertruck is going to be cheap. Okay, that was four years ago. They said they were coming out with the Cybertruck. By the time they come out with that Cybertruck, there ain't going to be anything cheap about it. Okay, <laughs> least of all the price. Okay, it's just it's just not going to be cheap. And and when the Model Three came out, it was cheap. It was like what under forty grand. You can't buy one anywhere near forty grand. Okay, you can't. They keep raising the price. And and honestly, the beginning of January, when they lowered the prices across the board on all their vehicles, and within a couple of days, they started raising the prices on all those vehicles again. Okay, so they got all that great publicity from saying, you know, we're cutting the prices upwards of 20 percent. 
20%. Okay. And, and, and so that, that stuff played in the media and on us for days and days and days. And within just a few days, literally they started raising the prices again on all those vehicles. So they spend a little bit of money to buy some good press to create the impression that their prices are getting cheaper. They're not, they're really not. I mean, yeah, maybe on a temporary basis, you know, maybe on a temporary basis, I'm rich, you know, like for a second, but, but it, but I'm not. So it's, it's all perception. And the perception is, that they they have the the availability and the ability to produce cheap electric vehicles for the masses. If they did, and they actually had the desire to do that, they would be doing it. They have no desire to do that. There's so much more money to be made in every one of their other models. What you know. Let's face you. You don't get to be the richest man in the world by giving crap away. So it, it's not. It, it ain't going to happen. You know. Now we can delude ourselves into believing that you know they're going to become the next Volkswagen, the people's vehicle. They're not. Whether it's whether it's gas powered or electric powered, you know what they are. They are in it for the money and nothing more. Um, if you are not familiar with Car Edge Electric, awesome shows going on over there with my father and Justice here, who happens to disagree. Point Counterpoint yeah. Show, Justice is doing a great job. Really, really proud of you, Justice, and have really enjoyed tuning in. Please go watch that where that conversation will be continued. I, however, am going to go yeah. to the chat. Brad, Bredo, thank you for the contribution. Pricing people Hi. out of the market is part of the Great Reset. ESG scores supersede cost motives, own nothing and be happy. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if I would use exactly those words, but I get where you're coming from and I think we yes. are, are are seeing something uh, along those lines. Ranger 117, thank you for the contribution. The new 2024 Jeep Wagoneer EV price. Jeep dealers are trying to mark up Jeep Summit WK models with 90 to 100,000 miles. I don't know what the, the MSRP is on that, but I'd imagine it is through the roof. Can we can we do it, dad? Can we do it? Can we do two and one? Is that okay? Do you mind if we have a, sure, a two and no, one show? I, I, oh no, go for it, buddy. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. You know, we, we give a hard time to a lot of automakers, and I think one especially deserves the love, especially their dealers. Kia Hyundai dealers are notorious <laughs> for the markups they are charging on vehicles. And here we go, Dad. This was sent in yes. from a community member. This is at a Tulsa, Oklahoma Hyundai dealer. We have a Kona N. Okay, so it's the N trim, so that's yeah. special. $36,335 manufacturer suggested retail price, sixteen grand worth of, quote, dealer-installed options. Lifetime nitrogen in tires, lifetime window tint, door edge and cup package, brake pulse package, engines for life. We're going to talk about that one because that could be compelling. This is a 44% markup on a freaking Hyundai Kona. And it is ironic that they said engines for life when this brand has struggled with engine reliability. I felt that to be kind of funny. What do you think? Well, that, you know, uh, nitrogen, uh, gee, that, that probably cost the dealer 25 bucks. What, what are some of the other items on there? Um, oh, show I mean, me. You show add, me that here, here you go. Yeah. Um, um, 
nitrogen and tires. So that, that costs a dealer 25 bucks. Window tint. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're going for really the expensive tint. So let's say it's $150 they're paying. Door edge guards and cup package, which are the clear door edge guards and the clear uh, plastic that goes in where you put your fingers. To, so, so uh, yeah, they got about $50 tied up on that. The brake pulse package. Um, yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm I'm going to guess, you know, they, they must have a hundred bucks tied up in that. And the engines for life package, which is some type of extended warranty. Now that one probably has some, some cost to it because, well, Hyundai engines don't last long in, in anyone's life in many cases. Um, but the, the point is there, there's probably a thousand dollars worth of crap there for $16,000. Um, Okay, let's say I'm light on the on the warranty for the engines for life. So let's say it's two thousand dollars worth of crap there for sixteen thousand dollars. Why? I mean, why? Why? Why do you want to punish your customers like that? Why do you want to take advantage of your customers like that? Why do you want a customer who pays that to never want to do business with you again? or ever recommend your dealership to any of his friends or family. I mean, why? That short-term gain that you're getting, hey, that's great, you know, because three years from now, you know, if it, perhaps you've socked away enough money so that when your dealership closes, you'll be okay. Um, but when customers stop coming to your dealership because you added 40 Four percent to the value of the vehicle in unwanted, unneeded, unnecessary crap. You know what are you going to do for for customers? Then you're just going to hope that there's enough ignorant people out there that they'll just keep coming in. You know, because they're in like a semi-vegetative state, and uh, you can just continue to take advantage of them. Well, I don't know. I hope. Not, I don't man. know. I hope. Huh? I don't love it. I don't love it. Trust me. I, it makes for great content here, but uh, I really hate it. Hey, one thing I don't hate, Dad, back at CarEdge.com, every single thing we can do to help you be on the shows and all that fun stuff, please go check it out. Lots of bit, different pieces in process. Uh, we are still doing the 30% off, $30 off on Car Edge Coach. So if you're going to buy a car in the next 90 days, take advantage of our promotion. You can work with our team. You get access to all the black book data, suggested offers. Uh, negotiability scores, deal school 3.0, so many awesome benefits that we have. Please go take advantage of that. Pops, let's call it a show for today. We'll be back with Miss Kimberly Klein for Kimberly's Corner tomorrow. Carvana earnings after hours today. I am so excited. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm so excited to dig into that. To be very clear, I have no financial stake in this. I thought about it. I really did that. I thought about putting a couple thousand dollars, uh, you know, kind of like as a bet on what happens yeah. to Carvana. I, I decided not to. So I could stay okay. neutral and partial in my judgment as we cover the impartial. story. Impartial. Impartial. Oh, impartial. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Impartial. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll be back and we'll be covering that um, in full force tomorrow. You want to sign us off, Dad? Uh, well, uh, I guess that's my cue. So thank you, everybody, for being here today. We will be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific time with more news that you can use from Courage with your hosts, friends, and bon vivants, um, Ray and Zach. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. We look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow.